0: everyone. Welcome to Fab Skin Hot Bodies. This is your host, Dr. Jeanette Graff. We have a wonderful show ahead of us, and I am really excited about this guest. You have seen his work on the runways. You have seen his work on celebrities. You have seen his work everywhere. He is known for his sexy wash and wear cuts. He is a celebrity hairstylist. His name is nelson vercher nelson is amazing because first of all he has been doing this for decades and he is hot hot celebrity stylist he was one of the major players at vidal Sassoon in their training programs he has been at the most elite salons in new york and he currently works in the most in the elite salon of rita Hazan, where his chair is buzzing constantly um he started doing it on his side. Uh His four sisters allowed them to do his hair when they were younger, and they may have regretted it then, but would certainly stand in line right now. But his inspiration, and this is interesting to me, his inspiration was Frank Lloyd Wright and architecture, and he has this major, major passion of architecture. So welcome, Nelson.
1: Well, thanks for having me. And I have to say, listening to that introduction, I had to look around and see if I was who you were talking about, but (laughs) I think it's me. You're Uh, definitely (laughs) who
0: I'm talking about. Talking about, but talk to me about the how architecture and hair came together for you.
1: Wow. Well, you know, I'm from Chicago, Illinois, so which is the birth and home of Frank Lloyd Wright. Growing up in Chicago, it's pretty much impossible to not be influenced by his work. So I wouldn't say that I was like so specifically into architecture, but it was more about these beautiful homes that were and this specific style that kept popping up around Chicago. Before I even knew what it was, I knew what it was. As I started training for hair, working in Vidal Sassoon, being an apprentice, um, there was actually a field trip we took one day, and we went to Oak Park, Illinois, which is where he's from, and we saw all of his original homes, and it just blew my mind. And it just was immediate from that point on. I saw... Um, how I could adopt that into what I was doing in haircutting. So, you That's know. That's
0: interesting. So, when you look at someone, mm-hmm. you know right away what kind of style they need.
1: I pretty much have a feeling of what I feel would look best on them. It's a very natural thing for me. It's not something. I don't really feel that thing is learned or taught. I think it's an innate kind of absolutely talent. So, yeah, you know, I can always. Look at a woman and I might be off. I might be thinking exactly the opposite of what she was thinking, but it's what I truly feel. But it's your eye would look best on her. And I'm typically right.
0: Yeah, usually. No, I I, I absolutely agree with that. And, you know, I I think that's that's why you do what you do, (laughs) because otherwise we would be cutting our own hair. Now, having, <laughs> having said that, I did that when I was 18, by the way. I gave myself my first haircut. <laughs> we have all had those
1: moments. I And I have definitely had sisters that have done that. And it did not turn out too good.
0: Well, I had a boyfriend who told me, you're not allowed to touch my hair. So, I, of course, I went in the house and I cut my hair. You know, because that's just me. <laughs> Wait, he
1: told, who told who not to touch whose hair?
0: When you're 18 or 17, you 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 know, very stupid about relationships. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So I had one of these, you know, very um, demanding boyfriends who said, you can't do this without my permission. Oh,
1: oh, oh, I see. I see. Well, I love that. So he said, don't touch your hair. You said, I'll show you.
0: Well, I'm a so there type of girl. (laughs) I like it. So you've been doing this for a really long time. Now, here's the question that I have, because how often do you see, um, you know, how many times have I had my hair blown out or repair done that I couldn't replicate it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's a good thing if you can't replicate it because there would be no need for the hairstylist. Um, you should be able to do somewhat of a good job. Well, that's what I mean.
0: <laughs> I, I wouldn't have it the same exact way, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, that's there's a talent there. I mean, at the end of the day, when you look at it in a really basic way, if you have an amazing haircut, you shouldn't have to do anything to it. Even if it's blown okay. out, not blown out, it should be able to look wash and worn, and it might not look as good as you want it, but you can get away with it. Well,
0: that's exactly what my point is. Yeah.
1: So that's where it starts. The the root of it is with a really good, beautiful haircut. And then, you know, all the rest is extra.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you have a lot of celebrity clients. Is Mm. it difficult to treat celebrities because they are so much in the public eye?
1: Oh, yeah. There's definitely a specific dance that goes along with it. Um, And it's quite different than the fashion world. It's been interesting, you know. At one point, I would say from the 80s, late 80s to 90s, mid 90s, it was almost a problem if you worked in the celebrity world and in the high fashion world. Like, if you did celebrity, you almost kind of was quiet about it. Mm-hmm. If you were primarily known in fashion. Now it's completely changed and everything is kind of merged together. But a celebrity eye is a little bit more of a commercial eye. It's not as, you know, you can't take the same kind of chances that you can do in fashion. Fashion is all about fantasy. It's not about reality. And, so, and when you're working with celebrity, there's a bit of reality that goes along with that. Um, and, and
0: fantasy now. <laughs> and,
1: and, yeah, and fantasy, but, but, it's, but, but a different type of fantasy. Right. And the best way I can describe it is a celebrity, as much as they may not be approachable, they want to have some element of being approachable for their fan base, no matter how glamorous they are. In fashion, no one gives a care Mm -hmm. about it being approachable or someone being too skinny or someone, you know, those rules don't apply. So um, my point is, I think there are very few guys, and I do feel I'm one of them, who can actually skirt between those two worlds and really have an impact.
0: You know, we talk about how to keep up with what's hot, and I kind of get the idea that you're one of the people that set the trend of what's hot.
1: (laughs) I mean, you know, you heard it here first. You know, I've never been a follower. I mean, if it was left, I went right. That's my natural instinct. It's not always been the best for me. Only because I can have a real punk rock attitude about things, you know. I wanted. I, I'm not interested in everyone liking me or being right for everyone, but I'm interested in being right for the right person.
0: No, absolutely, and you know. So that's why I said. And I looked at your website, and I, you know, we're we're going to give you um, Nelson's website information. Um, and instagram but you have to see some of these styles the softness the beauty of these styles i said i want you know like some of those longer (laughs) styles Uh, uh, mm, mm. i said this would really look good Mm. on me (laughs) yeah no you yeah absolutely (laughs) but they're just beautiful i've never seen such beauty it was almost like the architecture of the hair the structure is beautiful
1: oh i'm glad you picked up on that because it's something that i really try to put across in the work i look at And I hear a lot of people, my peers, people who are younger, a little younger, a little older, and we talk about the new generation of hairdressing and where it's going and the people and the talent. And and I feel that I'm evolved enough as a person, even if it's something that I don't get and it's new for my generation, I can enjoy it or adopt it or appreciate it if it's really good. But I do feel with the newer people coming up, there is less of respect for people who've done it before or even an interest of what happened before them.
0: Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to be one of those dudes who are like, oh, it was better in my day because everyone says that. I mean, Well,
0: you see, to me, (laughs) having the talent and the eye and being able to translate that talent of the eye to the hand – is perennial. I mean, it's something that is never, you know, that spans generations. So, oh. let's talk about this longevity. And you know, you've been doing this for a really long time. What are some of the challenges that you have faced?
1: Oh wow, God, there's been so many. Um, well, a as I spoke about before, just making that transition from going from a salon hairdresser to a editorial hairdresser was a big challenge. Some of the, you know, immediate challenges were scheduling, just, you know, trying to maintain a salon clientele and then also explain to them, I'm going to be gone to Europe for three weeks. So sure. that's a hard dance. But, you, you know, you find your people who really stick with you and you make it work. Also, um, just um, being an African-American man in an industry that doesn't have many of us working on the side that I work on and doing, you know all textures of hair not being limited to one thing and just kind of the struggle with people's stereotypes and expectations of what they thought I would be, you know, but, but, you know, I'm one of those guys who are, I'm an optimist and I'm positive and I love people, you know, there's a point, a side of it that I want to prove these things don't matter
0: Do you think that that still exists to the same extent now?
1: Not to the same extent, Mm -hmm. but it definitely exists. I mean, a perfect example. If I was to help someone on a team that I didn't normally work on and I was, you know, came in to help them on a fashion show, they would assume I was the black hair expert. Where, honestly, most of my training has been in European hair. Mm -hmm. Of course, I do black hair because I'm a black man and I have black sisters and that's was my introduction to it all. But the, my actual formal training has probably primarily been on European hair.
0: When I see a black stylist, I assume that they can definitely do my hair because of the challenges involved with black hair.
1: Yeah, you know, well, you know, there's challenges for sure, but it's it's not that challenging. It's just most people are not educated with it or have taken the time to learn it and and maybe sometimes they're even afraid to ask i've had times where i've been working the shows in paris and i come with a you know all my american and some of it specifically african-american stuff and you have hairdressers from around the world freaking out over it and like actually instead of asking me what it is why, I don't know, but taking pictures behind my back. And <laughs> so this has happened more than one occasion. But I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a sharer, so it's, it's okay. They could just ask you. You'd be happy to, to share. It would absolutely.
0: <laughs> and, you know, it's probably a good idea for them to ask you because seeing the product is not enough. <laughs> it it could <can> be dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think the future of hairdressing is going to be, hairstyling? Wow, you
1: know. Okay, so this is a an explosive question for me because I think about this a lot. Actually, in some ways, I feel haircutting, like lace is becoming obsolete. Now, when you're, you know, I, I, you know, I can't tell a lie. I've seen maybe two or three amazing haircutters trained in the last twenty years. I mean, mediocre, yeah, good enough, yeah, but not held to the same standards that I was held to or people that I know who were trained in my era were held to. Um, So I think the future of it is going to be less about how good you are and more about how savvy you are in terms of your business and your promotion. Um, You will have to be able to do a blowout, but you might not have to be able to do 10 different types. So I think it's becoming more basic in a lot of ways in terms of what you actually physically have to do. People are only interested, from, from my perspective, in the here and now. Like when I see these new kids trained, they only know how to do the trendy look of the moment. But you say, I want a classic 40s set with a little bit of rock and roll. They're done. They don't even know where to go. Or where to look for it. Or how to naturally come up with their version of that.
0: So do you think that the public is kind of being trained to expect
1: that. That, Because I appreciate a great cut. Yeah, it's a rough one. I feel, yeah, well because I mean, a lot of these people are working on people of their generation, so it's just, everyone's like, yeah, it's a party. It looks good. I have the new look. The crazy thing is people grow up and your look evolves and... You know, I'm still with clients that I've been with since I was 22 years old. And we've all evolved in our looks, you know what I mean? And now what was a 22-year-old girl is now a something woman. <laughs> She's different now. We've both kind of come up and evolved and changed together. Well,
0: like fashion. When I when I see someone who's, you know... And you're not this age, but I'm just using it as an example. But I see someone who's in their 70s, and Mm. they're dressing like they're 17. It's inappropriate. Absolutely. So you you do need to be age-appropriate. It doesn't mean you you can't look youthful and great. Totally,
1: totally. I always say it's all in how you do it. Someone asked me the other day. I was suggesting some pans from a designer that I just did a show. It was so beautiful. to one of my colleagues, and he goes, oh, I love his stuff, but am I too old to wear that? And I'm like, it's all in how you do it. So maybe you don't want to do the full look, but you can snug a jacket. Those pants only look good on slim, tall people. I can't wear them, but I would love to see you in them. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I really feel it's all about knowing what works for you. And this is within anything. This is... The one thing I always preach to with the kids coming up, and I'm like, I'm always on them about this, and I, they 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 laugh at it sometimes, but it's real talk. Know your eras. You like know the '60s from the '70s to the '80s, and all the in betweens, because these things will come in to haunt you if you don't. If you're working with a director, and he once again asks you for something from a period, you cannot tell that director, "I don't know what you're talking about." You need to be on it. So. And I hate this excuse of that wasn't happening in my time. You know, I was listening to music that was recorded 20, 30 years before I was born when I was a child. So it's no excuse. I feel it's a a laziness. and
0: Also, trends, they return. Always. So how do you approach someone? Because there's the haircut, that they want that haircut, and you know it's going to look crappy on them and it's not for them. (laughs) But they are intent on getting that straight across haircut.
1: I'm honest. I'm not a. I'm not the, ooh, koozy, fuzzy, doozy hairdresser. <laughs> no, I'm like, listen. I do, well, I do powerful women. I do women that have a sense of style and a sense of identity. And so it's like, listen, that's not working. You have a wide neck. You don't need to have a bob. Yeah. That's black. Unless you want the wide neck look. I'm pretty much that straight to the point.
0: And and most of them, well, the ones that know you and have been with you are going to, you know, because I always go with what my stylist wants. Yeah, I don't even ask him. Well, first.
1: you look beautiful, so you, well, thank well, you. Well, he's killing it. I I say nothing. Well, that's it's I just working.
0: basic. I just basically sit in his chair because I trust him.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, <laughs> just it's just, working.
0: Just as I, I I expect you know patients who come to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I know what I'm going to do.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, well, you know, it's. I feel it's all collaborative. You know, I have a line that I create, my women love my touch. And worst thing you can say to me is, do whatever you want. I'm like, I'm shaving heads today. So <laughs> <laughs> do you really want what I, whatever I want? No, give me something. Like, show me how you run your fingers through your hair. You know. It's interesting. I will, and it's a big help when you, you just, if I have a woman come in, Show me how you run your fingers through your hair. That's going to show me so many small details about where she's going to want things to fall, how she's going to hold her head, what side I should part it on, how she leans into her hair. It tells a lot. I'll share a really good trick or not a trick, a really good um, technique, I should say, to almost always get it right is when a woman is sitting in your chair for the first time and she's a new client and she's in a robe and you really don't know this woman, the best thing to go off of is her shoes because her shoes gives you an indication of what that woman is like is my go-to and it's never failed me
0: you know that's very insightful but and and i think that that's partly responsible for why you are who you are where you are because you are able to take in everything you don't miss a beat do you
1: you know your hair is your most important accessory you know it's like it's always with you and so it needs to feel special and it needs to feel like you I would rather someone have a horrible hairstyle and look like themselves than just look mediocre and look like everyone else. I would. I would rather see a crazy, ugly hairstyle that I didn't do. But I'm like, that's that's that woman's thing, and I'm not trying to tell her it's not. There are, like, little things you can change, like a bang. You know, let's say, for example, I don't I don't believe a woman over 40 has to have short hair because... What if she's a woman that likes to wear her hair pulled back? Your hair pulled back and cut short are two different things. And pulled back hair can be very youthful. So it's all individual. It's all about connecting with that person, looking at them, seeing what's best, and kind of collaboratively coming up with the best choice.
0: What are the challenges that you see in working with the different hair textures? For example, African-American hair versus Caucasian hair versus Asian hair, uh, which differ in texture, differ in heaviness.
1: Mm. Well, you know, today a lot of the products are hybrid. So a lot of them can cross barriers. They can you know, I can use the same thing for, you know, a white woman as I do for a Latin woman as I do for an Asian woman. Um, but there are certain things that specific hair types and races need for their hair. So I'm not gonna use a chamomile shampoo on a girl with black curly hair because it would just dry it out. That's specifically for a natural blonde. So it's just Educating yourself and knowing. But I will say the evolution of hair, um, going back to Rita Hazan and one of the reasons that, you know, I've stood by her side for so long and we've worked so well together is that her products are truly no ethnic barrier. And it's because of the science behind it. So, yeah, I do think we're moving in that direction. But there will always be small things that will go to this group or to that group. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just, you know... Your nude is different than my nude, meaning coloring. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's not a bad thing. It's just what it is. And, you know, I think that we are intelligent enough to get that.
0: Well, I remember in my own history, um, there were two times, because I had, I had to change my look right. completely. Mm. Like every five years, I would mm. get bored. Mm-hmm. So um, one day I said to my husband, because I always had that, you know, Jacqueline Smith length type hair. Oh my that God. Nobody could, Wait. nobody
1: could replicate. Wait, that's so crazy because I was just thinking you look like Jacqueline Smith. Oh, that's so I'm, nice. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, it was right there.
0: Uh, well, I grew up, you know, trying to be a Charlie's angel, but it never quite worked out. So when it's medicine, it's dead. So here's the thing. So I'd say to him, I'm going home. You know, I'm just gonna get a haircut after work, so mm. I'll see you a little later. And I just got the whole thing chopped off behind my ears. You know, wow, like just mm. <laughs> like the Sheena Easton. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. And I loved it. Oh, I would never do it today. Yeah,
1: I get it. And and sometimes things are for the moment. Yeah. I mean, Sheena Easton always had really good hair. I have to say, um, so I could totally. See, and you're beautiful, so I can see you pulling it off. But I'm a firm believer yes. in owning every moment you know whatever it was if you saw me in a teenager as a teenager you would freak out i was truly the kid whose parents was embarrassed of them <laughs> really <laughs> <laughs> yes and i didn't care it was yeah i was like this is my style you don't like it i don't i don't know what to tell you
0: did you have a big afro
1: no, I had I was obsessed with George Michael and Boy George, so I had relaxed, straightened Everybody hair. Everybody wanted to be George and, and Michael at that time. I remember yeah, they all had I one was, earring and I, a guyliner before guyliner. I did I was at a full club, full on, full I was, on. I, I was, was
0: a club. I was at a club, and every yeah. guy tried to yeah, look like George Michael. Yeah, it was. Still,
1: I had the straightened hair, feather, two <laughs> hoops, guest jacket, dome and sleeves. full on.
0: And before that it was Don Johnson from Miami vice well
1: before that I was more <laughs> boy I was doing more of a a androgynous boy George thing, so I went from boy George androgyny to George Micah. i i well actually <laughs> actually that part of boy George, I wasn't doing the dreadlocks, but the earlier part of my New York career, uh-huh. I had dreadlocks for. That's how most people knew me. I had waist-length dreadlocks for about fifteen years. Mm, all wow. while I worked at Orbe. I didn't. I didn't cut them off until Rita and I left Orbe, and then um, maybe like a year later, I came in one day. I was thinning a little bit, and there wasn't nothing. Nothing's worse than a head full of long, waist-length dreads and a bald middle. Well, it's it's very heavy. You actually, dreads are quite soft. They're you. you they're well, like it's your
0: own hair, uh, but
1: if I've, you're doing like yeah,
0: I've seen extensions,
1: but where the weird thing is, they're very light. It's almost like dreads. They're almost like. A pillow. Yeah. Like a, like a, like a cotton candy. It's, well, I
0: it's, felt them, and they're very light. You're right.
1: So, you know, it was never heavy, but it was just, you know, my father went bald, and so I have some of that in me. I'm not bald, but it was enough that I didn't want waist length dreads with the little receding... And
0: you wanted to do the comb-over. I, I was not doing it. <laughs> yes. it was
1: up every day. I'm like, why am I doing a top knot before a top knot every day? <laughs> So we had to get rid of that. I do miss it sometimes. So I never really—I actually had a fro before the dread, right before the dread. So I had short hair. Then I started growing it, which was a little fro. And then once it was a little fro, I started dreading it. So right,
0: here's a here's a confession. In the second grade, yes, um, because I grew up in a neighborhood that was black and Jewish. Ah. And my best friends were black. Ah. And. I always envied their hair because they could put the roll and kind of like let it stand up, yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't do that with my hair.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there's the thing is there's the jufro, the jufro, yeah, you know, and we're distant cousins for sure. Yes, so it it's, it makes perfect sense. I love a good fro though I must say, um, they're the only ones that can compete. Look at Barbara Streisand; um, she had a legend fro. It yes. was pretty good, although I think it was a perm. It but, was a perm. But yeah. it was beautiful.
0: Well, we can, we can pull it off because, you know, as I, as I tell people, well, I have naturally curly Ashkenazi Jewish hair.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: So that's, you know, my hair is thick.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you have gorgeous hair. Well, you know, Rita's an Egyptian Jew, so she actually has very curly hair. Yeah, we straighten it all the time. But 15 years ago, or 20 years ago, Maybe even more. We've known each other for so long. Oh my god, <laughs> it was. She was like curly, 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 wild curly girl, and now it's like banged and straight.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting when flat ironing came out.
1: <sighs> game changer.
0: It was a game changer, but for me, I never had super straight hair. Mm. Never had super straight hair, and then i saw myself on film mm-hmm. looking at a microscope mm-hmm. with this super straight hair and i said you know with my features this makes me look really severe
1: i get it yeah I totally it's get not it. soft yeah <laughs> and with that said there are ways to use a flat iron where you're not getting that super sleek look yeah so it's once again going back to technique and knowing things you don't have to just wear your hair penetrate straight like Cher to use a flat iron. Sometimes you just do the bottom. Sometimes you do it mid shaft down. Sometimes you just want to loosen the wave. You know, so it's it's all these things. And, and this is also where I picked up on newer things because, you know, my day of the flat iron was just bone straight. But, you know, you start seeing these kids come up under me and they were doing waves and this. And I definitely saw that, took note, and adapted it. But started doing it better. Because I had more classic training. Because you are you. you. (laughs) Yeah. And and, and when you have those fundamental things under your belt, you always apply it to whatever you're doing. Right. So even if I'm learning something new, I go back to the beginning.
0: Well, the basics are always there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Nelson, please, could you... Tell our listeners your contact information, website, how they can reach you.
1: Absolutely. Everything is Nelson Virtue. At Nelson Virtue. Nelson is my... Can you spell it? Yes. So I can be reached at Rita Hazan Salon Fridays and Saturday. That's R-I-T-A-H-A-Z-A-N-212-586-4343. nelsonverture.com Or just Google me you will find me. I'm there. I'm easy. I'm easy to find.
0: This man is a superstar. And I am so grateful that you came today and, oh. and took time out of your day to be a guest on my show. And I really appreciate it.
1: You know, thank you so much for having me. This is another way I feel hairdressing is changing, doing things like this, keeping it interesting, trying new things, and, you know, just meeting awesome people. I had a great time.
0: Oh, fantastic. And- Oh,